Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. She's All Fat is doing a Patreon drive. We gotta say, it can be hard out here for independent fat media, especially as we expand our pod squad in the midst of a global pandemic. Shout out to our new editor, Layla Oveda. We're able to pay our team and sustain the pod because of our lovely patrons. We love y'all and we feel your love for us and we want to expand that community. So we're starting a babysitter's club, not like actual babysitting because the pandemic and also we don't know infant CPR, but a fun little weekly live stream where I read and giggle at a chapter of the babysitter's club with y'all. It's going to be very silly and very fat girl TM. We're going to do the first one Sunday, August 16th on our Insta Live for all of our listeners. And then every week after that, we'll have a special stream for our fat babysitters, meaning our patrons and some other goodies too. To participate in the drive and support Indie Fat Media, join our Patreon at patreon.com slash she's all fat pod at any level. If you want to join the Babysitter's Club for weekly chapter book based hangouts and a special shout out in next week's episode, join at Team Paisley Movement. $7 a month or above. I'm Sophie, and this is She's All Fat, the podcast for fat positivity, radical self-love, and chill vibes only. In this episode, we're revisiting a tried and true topic of discussion, fat traveling. We're joined today by Natalie Robinson and Ashley Wall of Fat Girls Travel 2. But first, it's time for our SAF book club. Every week this season, we'll be reading a chapter of Fearing the Black Body, The Racial Origins of Fat Phobia by Sabrina Strings. This past week, we read Chapter 5, American Beauty. Here are our thoughts. Our junior producer, Yelly, wants you to think about the celebrated writers and the tons of white women who propagated the idea that fatness was immoral. Racism and fat phobia are not a faceless evil. In fact, we often celebrate those faces. Okay, you're going to have to see the show notes for a great chapter analysis from our editor, Layla but I do want to shout out a question she asks. Can you spot examples in editorial, print, and digital that go against the grain of promoting fatphobic and racist norms? Lynn is thinking about how women's bodies are used in white supremacist nation building and how specifically black women have fought back against that. She recommends an episode of Code Switch, Is Beauty in the Eyes of the Colonizer? Linked in the show notes. That's where you can find my reading question as well. We're also linking in the show notes an interview Sabrina Strings did this week. Check that out. Okay, family, get out your seatbelt extenders. The episode's about to start. I'm here with Natalie Robinson and Ashley Wall, the partners behind Fat Girls Travel 2. 
They host tours around the world for plus-size women, create fat travel groups, and promote travel inclusivity. So for our intro, I want both of you just to say hi, introduce yourselves, and talk about your connection to fat justice, and then we'll get into the meat of it. I'm Natalie Robinson. I am one of the partners of Fat Girls Travel 2, of course. My commitment to fat justice. Okay, so I mean, I'm a fat girl, right? Happily so, right? And so I think that with my positivity about it, I always want to be a positive light for some other women that are plus size and fat and may not have had such a positive experience with it and don't know how to embrace it. And so I just like to unite with my plus size sisters. Hey, sister. Hey. (laughs) So kind of same deal here. I'm Ashley. I am a partner in Fat Girls Travel 2. Fat Girls Travel 2 was my baby. I was sitting on the airplane with some of my um, friends that I traveled to Ghana with. And before we sat down, I was like, gosh, like we didn't know we were sitting beside each other. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like I hope whoever I'm sitting beside know that I need time to buckle my seatbelt and lift up my armrest. And that's when Fat Girls Travel 2 was born. And I think that's my um, space in Fat Justice, just making sure that plus size women are okay you know, and that we can live and we don't feel like special or outcast because we need extra time or we need extra room. You know, it's okay. Yeah. I love that. I want to know what one thing both of you have done for self-care or to take care of yourself recently. Is there anything that you've done that you felt good about that you want to share? Oh, yes, man. Just rest. And I know that's like rest, like, oh, really? Yes. Like I felt like in the beginning of the year, my schedule was so jam packed. Like every weekend I had something to do. And with COVID-19 coming in, I was able to stop. Like I wasn't obligated to do anything for the world. You know, I was able to take time out to just rest myself because myself needed it. I needed the rest. Yeah. Okay, Natalie, what's one thing you've done to take care of yourself recently? I have really been focused on like a little bit of like actual physical self-care, okay? So some of my um, black sisters is gonna feel me on this, okay? (laughs) So before COVID, I always wear, I like I wear wigs, weaves 24 seven, that's like my thing. And they can't see my video right now, but I got a little slayed ponytail going on, okay? A little high ponytail and you know. It's very cute. Thank you, girl. (laughs) And so what I have focused on is like maintaining my like edges. I've been using a lot of like natural oils, like coconut oils, rosemary oils, Jamaican castor oil, and like some hair vitamins, multivitamins, biotin vitamins. I massage my edges and I take these vitamins. And it's like something like I just felt like I didn't have time to do before and I feel like I'm really like reaping the benefits. So I just getting back to the basics of me physically, like no makeup. I had my hair in a high bun without any weave. The first two months of COVID, I was like, look, it's Corona. She got me, F her. I mean, that's what I've been doing, physical self-care, but it's definitely been beneficial. Good, I love that. Yeah, I haven't done a great job at physical self-care. Listeners know if they follow me on Instagram. I've had a lot of like, physical health stuff since COVID started. So I've been doing a lot of just like, I've let myself just kind of be like, you know what? I don't need to brush my hair today. 
And that's fine. It's okay. That is self-care. Right? That is. Yes. Oh, I love that. Oh my gosh. I'm so happy for your edges. I'm so happy for you. Girl, right? <laughs> Let's move on to the meat of it. Okay, so first, I want to get a little background on both of you. Like, what are your jobs that you were mentioning before this, and how did you meet? And yeah, I'll kick that off. So, my W 2 life, as Natalie calls it, I'm the director of elections um, for the city that I live in in Virginia. Wow, that's a big job, right? Isn't it, girl? And no, listen. Let me brag on myself for a minute. Yeah, so, I was the first girl. African. <laughs> okay, girl. Yeah, so I was the first African American and the youngest person ever um, appointed to the position. And I was straight out of college when I was hired. And honestly, guys, I thought it was a like a secretary job. And I went to like the training, and I'm like, oh my god, no, I'm important now. Like I really have to do more than file papers. So that's what I do for my nine to five. Like I put on elections for our city. I maintain voter registration in our city. And I didn't know I would find a purpose in this. You know, at first it was like voter registration. Like, what am I doing? But then I thought about it. Like voting is so important. Like my, my ancestors fought to vote. And here I am putting on the elections in a city. You know, how could I not take this position seriously? I love it. Like I really enjoy my job now. That's so interesting. Have you been able – like, okay, so I know that working for the government means you have to be, like, uh, like apolitical about some things at your job specifically. Have you been able to, like, participate in or have opinions – like, the voter rights stuff that's been going on recently? So one thing we have to do, like, is to research and read. So I know like our pre current president has put things out like vote by mail is fraud. Your votes aren't going to be counted. First of all, and this is just Ashley talking. If they weren't going to be counted, why would we waste time even giving you the option? Yeah, okay? that makes sense. <laughs> Absentee votes, vote by mail votes are counted. Every city and state is different. So just know your election laws for where you live. Um, but if you're here in Virginia, you can request an absentee ballot like right now for November's election and we will already have your information ready to go. And as soon as we get our ballots in uh, September, you'll be one of the first people to vote. Um, so vote by mail, like with this COVID stuff going on, we don't know what life is going to look like, you know, at the polls, you know, all of those things. So just make sure you vote, okay, and vote by mail because you'll stay safe and wear your mask if you're going to come to the polls. My gosh. Well, thank you for doing your job. It's a really important job. Thank you. I'm so glad to know that Ashley's taken care of that in Virginia. Now I don't have to worry about Virginia. <laughs> right. That's one thing we don't have to worry about in Virginia is elections. Okay. Natalie, what do you do? What does Natalie do? I am an attorney. Right now I practice immigration law. Wow. Oh my gosh. Both of you have these like high powered jobs on top of doing a whole other thing. I only do the podcast. How do you do this? I don't understand. Look, uh, I think that we do it as a unit now. I was lucky to meet Ashley 
And I think now she feels like the feeling is mutual. <laughs> it was mutual from day one. Yeah, we met on IG and I think it was just kind of like a vibe. I was on the first trip that Fat Girls traveled to, had to Cuba. And then I think it, we just realized that it was a connection. We had like, we both have like a love for travel. We do, we both have a, lie, a love for positivity and inclusivity in the plus size community, in the world, not even just the plus size community, in the world, like, you know, owning our space and everybody else's space at that. So we just kind of connected. And I think now we do it as a unit. I mean, we try different things. Like we have partner meetings at like 6 a.m. And, you know, we try and sometimes, um, you know, sometimes I miss, sometimes Ashley misses, but, you know, we're entrepreneurs at heart. We have a passion for what we do, right? We have a passion for travel. We have a passion for being plus-size women. And so, and we both have a passion for our occupations. We just make it work. You know, and we, somewhere in between, we balance each other out. So Natalie is like the fun and the party on the trips. And I'm the one that's like, so like, we have to have this together. Like everyone needs to be downstairs at seven o'clock, not 6.59.59, but like seven on the dot. And Natalie's like, the party is still happening at seven o'clock. We'll be down at 7.01. And it just works, you know, it really works. Yeah, it's true. I love that. Okay, tell me about the world of Fat Girl Travel too. So Fat Girls Travel 2 is a Fat Girls Travel Squad, right? And it is basically traveling the world internationally and domestic, unapologetically. We slay the world with our photographer and we hit every corner and every beach <laughs> that we can get to in every city that we appear. And... That's Fat Girls Travel too to me. Hell yeah. Definitely. So, um, you know, we're just here to offer a unique um, and curated travel experience to help plus size women connect in authentic ways. Um, we want to live free. We do this unapologetically and we, we're doing it comfortable. You know, that was my biggest thing when create curating the trips for Fat Girls Travel too. It was about comfort. For example, a, a, a thing that people like to do in Cuba is to go horseback riding. And all of the experiences I was finding is like horseback riding, horseback riding. But I knew our travelers. It's like horseback riding won't be comfortable for a woman who's 350 pounds plus. Yeah. So I had to think about her, you know, versus other travel curators. You know, that's probably not on the top of their list. They're about the experience. Well, in Cuba, you horseback ride, so I'm not taking that out. You know, but I was okay with taking it out if my girls are comfortable and without taking away from the experience because we had a great time in Cuba. I think part of what we bring to the travel curating world is it's so natural. A lot of times, yes, being fat is part of who you are, but it's to me, it's a natural part. It's just a confidence. It's a part of who I am. I don't want it to overtake me. I just want to feel comfortable. I mean, I was a participant on the first trip, right? I mean, of course, I knew everybody on the trip with me was plus size, but it like was almost like a non-factor. It was just so smooth and so much fun. And I knew it was a non-factor. Not just me. I'm very like, like Ashley said, out in the open, very loud, happy life of the party. That's just me, right? But I knew it was actually something when other girls on the trip that are normally not like that, they describe themselves as very introverted and not like that felt like it was a non-factor for them too. That's when I realized like, okay, it's something here. Like this is really something to be doing, right? It's a different. It sounds like what you're saying is that you take 
accessibility needs into mind, like first and foremost, because I think that's what makes fat people uncomfortable in a lot of places is just being not considered. And then you get somewhere and you literally don't fit in, like whether it's a chair or an experience like horseback riding that you might be anxious about. And it sounds like a real dream to have those things considered on a trip, honestly, because it does then allow you to just like have the experience without worrying about those things. Because those are all things that I worry about when I travel too, for sure, and have to look out for on my own. It sounds like it would be a very nurturing experience to have someone else looking out for them for me. Yep. And that's the beauty in us also being plus size women. We know the experience. We know what some of um, our anxieties are. So we're, you know, plus size women creating the experience for you. And thinking about your anxieties. There have been places that I've been personally like afraid to go because I'm fat, like by myself. And I think that traveling in a group like this would actually be like really helpful and fun for that. Like there's just places where like it's scary a little bit to travel. Like in my family, I'm the only fat person. And so if I'm going to be the only one looking out for those needs, I don't always want to be in that position. Do you know what I mean? And so if it's someplace that's extremely unknown to me, like obviously if you go to Europe, a lot of people speak English. And because like a lot of like a white American culture is from <laughs> Europe, it's like feels fairly easy for me to navigate. But I've been worried about traveling to other places where I don't speak a language and I don't know exactly what the culture is like. And I'm worried about not having access to like things that fit me and not knowing what goes on. So it's like I think a trip like this with a group of other like plus size people could be really fun and make those things that are probably mostly in my head about what would be scary to me a lot easier. 100%. I think sometimes, especially with the things that we feel like are in our head, they're not really in our head, but I get it. There are things we worry about a little bit more are easier to approach with other people that face the same issue, right? So I think part of that, just having the group there makes it easier. And then as well as having curators that understand the plight that you're going through, right? That have already, when you know, like, okay, yeah, of course, somebody's already thought about this, right? I'm going on a travel group and we're going to have matching shirts. And is my shirt going to be a large? And is that large really a large? But I really need a 3X. And so do the, are they even going to have a 3X, right? Like you don't even have to worry about it because we're going to have a 3X, a 4X and a 5X, you know, and a 6X. We're going to have whatever X you need in reality. And so, so I think those thinking about those things and knowing that the person that you're talking to understands, because sometimes even they may have your size, but you're just sometimes you're like even embarrassed to be like, I need a life jacket. Like I'm going in the water and does this life jacket fit? Does these straps go around me? Right. It's like when you have a hope, I like, we need 10 of those and they all need to fit. Yes. Yeah. Right. When I was in high school, we went on a river rafting thing and the only uh, wetsuit they had to fit me, everyone else's were black and mine was white for some reason. <laughs> I was not fat positive at the time. I was just like a little, you know, 17 year old. And I was so embarrassed the whole time because I was like, I literally look like Moby Dick's white whale. Like I was like so embarrassed the whole time. Oh, and no. I fell overboard when we hit rapids and had to be like. <laughs> Hold back on board. It was so much. But like that, that's exactly the kind of experience that like if I had someone else fat there to be like, LOL, you know what I mean? It would have made all the difference. It's true. Yeah.
Okay. So what did Fat Girls Travel 2 look like before COVID? And like how has the pandemic affected you as a small business and as a like travel dependent business? Oh man. Well, in the beginning of 2020, we had about eight trips on our itinerary wow and they were all majority like the beginning of the year so within the first six to eight months and right now we only have one trip on our itinerary so i mean it took a big hit and it also made us go back to the drawing board like if this happens again how do we sustain you know and then i think it just gave us more time to come back better and stronger for 2021, you know, seriously. So we do have one other trip that's on our itinerary. That's our trip to Egypt. And we're super excited about it. The girls are excited. For most of us, it's going to be our only trip of 2020. That part. <laughs> no, listen, and that is the stressful part. Like you saw that we had like, or heard that we had important jobs, quote unquote, but we're really travelers. In our core, we are travelers. We love to travel. COVID-19. <laughs> I know. I was like, uh, I want to go on one of these trips. And then I was like, well, I'm not traveling for a while, I guess. So we'll see. What is the, like, outside of COVID, what's the usual, like, walk me through planning a trip? What do you guys do to do that? So like I said, me, Natalie and I are both travelers. So a lot of the places that um, we take the group, we've already experienced on our own. We go and just connect with the culture to see if it'd be a good fit for, you know, our girls. And we just like to connect with locals. You know, we're all about having an authentic local experience. So we get into it. Like if the locals are eating koshery in Egypt at a Tariq, that's where we want to go. You know, we don't want to go to the McDonald's of Egypt. We want to go to a Tariq and get a local flair. So you plan the trip and then Natalie, you're pointing at Natalie. I love this system of you guys pointing at each other. <laughs> yeah. So we experience the country, right? After we experience the country, we check out experiences is what we like to call them. That would be good for our travel squad, right? Then we experience those. We meet different tour guides, different companies that offer different events. And then we decide what a good itinerary will look like, right? Like what would be fun? What time frame would be a good time to travel to that country? What would be ideal? Like a lot of people that are traveling with us, okay, they have jobs, we have jobs. Well, how many days can we go? What are the things that you must see in those countries or must experience, right? We create the itineraries. Ashley and I have meetings, 6 a.m. meetings. We talk about it. We Google it. We look at it. We talk to other people that have traveled there. We ponder over our own personal experiences and we put it together. Okay. As like not just like a group of plus size people navigating the world, but also as we've been talking a lot recently as a country, the world is racist. It's not just the U.S. that's racist. So how have you to face that or have you faced that or what are the things that make it harder or easier to navigate the world of travel as a fat black person? Is that an okay way to ask that question? As you can see, we're both African-American. And when we created Fat Girls Travel 2, it wasn't about our skin color. So no one is the face of Fat Girls Travel 2. You know, it's a travel squad. You know, everyone we post on our page is a part of our squad. 
and we had a comment you know we went back to our normal posting because you know it was a hard time for the last couple of weeks you know we weren't really posting or everything was kind of centered around Black Lives Matter. And it was just being, it was weighing heavy on my mental, if I could be honest. So I got with Natalie, like, hey, you know, let's start posting just our normal posts. I wanna see some happiness. So we posted one of our um, Travel Squad sisters and we had a comment that was like, hey, read the room, you know, in all caps. So I commented back and said, can you give me a little more details? Like, what do you mean read the room? And she's like, oh, well, if I have to explain it to you, then I don't have the time to explain it. But just know, like, the world isn't worried about seeing a white woman in a bathing suit, blah, blah, blah. So I had to let her know, like, hey, I am a black woman. My fellow partner is also a black woman. You know, and before we're fat, before we're travelers, before we're all of these things, we're black. And we experience being black every single day. And one day... I didn't want the plight of being black, of police brutality and all of these things we're seeing on the internet. I didn't want that in my feed. I wanted happiness. And if we posted a white person in a bikini, it wasn't because we wanted a white person to brighten the day. No, we just wanted to see color, you know? And if she was patient, the next picture was of a black woman. But we didn't get to post it because now we have to address this. We have to ha have more negative energy in the space where it doesn't need to be you can pick it up from there that because i don't want to get emotional girl because that that made yeah. me hot. let's talk about this movement right because you're talking about read the room and you're telling us to acknowledge what's happening in america we are the room we are black women in america i don't need to read the room we are the room and so you're trying to tell me how i should feel and how i should behave I'm a black life. Hello? So yeah, you don't need yeah. to tell me how I should feel. We are a part of the movement, not just because we're black women, but literally. Like like I said, I'm an immigration lawyer. Ash is the director of voters. Like we are, and we're, and outside of that, we're doing literally speaking engagements to bring awareness to the issues, talking about actual reforms, reforms that are actually gonna make our lives matter, actually be beneficial to the movement. So it's like, when you're telling somebody to be woke, know who you're talking to. Yeah. And the funniest part about it, and I, until you said that, I forgot, that day I was at, or that moment when I read it, I was actually sitting outside of a radio station to do a talk on police brutality in my area. So it's like, in this moment, you're having this conversation with me when I'm about to go represent our people. Go figure. <laughs> and it is interesting because like I said, like I think people fail to realize that like, this it's a movement, but it's a movement because it's our everyday life. Like, right, I can't turn off my skin, nor do I want to, but I can't. So it's like, how dare you, even if you are African-American like me, tell me how I should operate and how I should feel because I can't turn that off. You know what I mean? Like, and I have to deal with it on a daily basis. I feel like when people speak, they need to think, <laughs> right? The, the irony, right? And when you address somebody, you should either know who you're addressing or address them with the presumption that you don't know who you're addressing, right? And so give people the benefit of the doubt, right? And so my thing is, she could have read that 
photo so differently, right? Or she could have just scrolled a little bit and found out what we're about, right? And so it's just like, my thing is like, if you feel as a black woman like me, that you're at the forefront of the movement and you feel entitled to say that, but you're not even taking the time to get educated and research what you're speaking, it's scary to me because this movement is so important. And I am so, I actually, I feel happy that this is happening right now in America, right? but we need to take advantage of this opportunity, right? It's an opportunity that we created for ourselves based on negative things that are happening in our community, but we need to be conscious about it. And if you're not taking the time to research what you're saying and be thoughtful about it, you're hurting the movement, right? And we don't need that right now. And so it's, it's like almost disheartening, right? It was disheartening, but we, like I said, we have to continue. 1 size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Okay, I wanted to know, like, what your thoughts are about safety. If you think about, like, when I've traveled, I've had, like, people make really rude comments to me about being fat. That's, like, whatever. That's a comment. You know what I mean? But have you ever, like felt unsafe because of size or because of race stuff? Or like, do you ever think about that when you're doing travel stuff? Because I think I'm not the only fat person to be like worried about going places because of bias, you know? Let me start off by saying I've been fat all of my life. Like I came out as a nine pound baby. Like I was born fat. I probably have a plus size purpose in this life. So because I was, you know, fat plus size at a younger age, certain things just don't bother me. Uh, I remember I went to, I believe it was when I was in Egypt, the guy was like, hey, like, I don't think you want to ride on the camel because it's really uncomfortable. But I was thinking the same thing the whole time. Like, I don't want to get on this camel because I don't think this is going to be comfortable. It is what it is. You know, things have to be adjusted sometimes for me because I'm fat and that's okay. Yes, definitely. I like that perspective. Natalie, what do you think? Me too. I've been fat all my life and I'm very confident. So like, yes, I've experienced things like where they're like, oh, I don't think you're going to fit. And I'm like, oh, maybe I'm not or I'm, I'm going to fit because I want to try this. So we're going to try to help me try to fit because I, I, I want to get on this experience today. Right. So, I mean, and I think that gives other people a level of confidence too. everybody has a different experience. So I just embrace mine. So, yes, sometimes I notice that like 
the Panama thing where I went to Hong Kong and I think they were just like taking pictures of me and I couldn't tell if it was because I was fat or because I was black. I was just like, stop taking photos of me. I'm not a celebrity. I mean, I'm pretty and everything, but calm down. And so girl, no, so one of my favorite pictures from Egypt is just like that. This little girl was like staring at me. So I asked the guy and then they were talking and of course I don't speak Arabic. So I'm like, what is she saying? Like, why do they keep looking at me? So he's like, well, your skin is dark and they they think that you're famous so they want to take a picture but they're scared to ask you so he took a picture of me taking a picture with her and like i guess the only thing she could say in english was thank you so she's like thank you and then like they looked at the phone like everybody's pointing and i'm like you know at first my mind is like they're talking about me but really they thought i was famous you're like yeah i'm famous all right go ahead and take this picture but you know i'm not famous <laughs> That's amazing. I also think like hearing you guys talk about this, I wonder if some of it for me has to be is like wrapped up in white fragility a little bit. But I, I do get bothered by going other places and having people point like there aren't that many times when I go somewhere and like I'm not going to be pointed at for my skin. I'm going to be pointed at for being fat. You know what I mean? Like only because people don't point at white people. Like, I think the most upsetting one was when my mom and I were in Ireland and this drunk guy kept following us and yelling fat at me. And I was like, yes, okay, go away. But he was – it, like, bothered – you know what I mean? It was, like – it was a bothersome situation, both because I felt unsafe because it was, like, a drunk man following us and because I was, like, I'm being pointed out and I don't understand what the end result of this interaction is going to be. That's – you know what I mean? That felt unsafe to me. But that could also – I mean, it's it would be much rarer to happen in L.A. And also I wouldn't feel as unsafe here because it's my home turf. You know what I mean? But it could – that could happen anywhere. I've been called fat on the streets here too. It's just like a little scarier, I think, when you're in another place. But I also think if I was with a group of people who were all like understood what that experience was, it would be a lot less scary. And I think people have less courage – when you're in a group yeah so they wouldn't do you know you said it was you and your mom so you know it's just you and your mom he feels like he has the power to say whatever he wants to you to if it's a group of 20 of us you're he's not gonna have that same energy that makes sense you know now i am thinking about it I'm like man really like the main because the main trait that i would get pointed out for is being fat like i do wonder i do i need to do some journaling on how this is this is interacting with my white identity too. Damn, I got a journal about this. I saw a meme today that said, I'm so tired of being self-aware. Can I just be a cloud? Like at this point, like I understand that so much. Like, you know, life may be easier as a cloud. <laughs> right? I don't gotta think about nothing. Okay, I have a different question for you both, which is when you're traveling somewhere, what steps do you take to make sure you're like like respecting the local culture, economy, like that kind of stuff? Research. <laughs> so I am a big researcher. I like to immerse myself in culture though. That is then that's why. Like when I went to Ghana, like I literally stayed with the locals. I went to like three cities. Anywhere I go, I like to immerse myself with the culture. And so I do a lot of research, right? Like I do a lot of research of what's acceptable, what's not acceptable. You just have to 
research and understand your ignorance. I think that's important. I think a lot of times people don't understand their ignorance. We think that Western culture is the end all be all, right? We think that that's the normal and that yeah. anything that's not that is either subpar or weird or odd or, you know, and, and I try to not approach things from my Western lens when I'm traveling in life generally, but especially when I'm in somebody else's country and somebody else's land and somebody else's normal, right? I love that. Yes. I'll link in the show notes another account that I really like on Instagram is called um, How Not to Travel Like a Basic Bitch. I don't know if you've seen that. She's really great. I can't remember her name off the top of my head, but it's this lady who has a- Kiana. Yes. And she like does all these amazing posts about that stuff. And she also posts like cute butt pics every thousand followers. I love her. (laughs) I like the name How Not to Travel Like a Basic Bitch, right? Right. It's very descriptive. You're like, okay, I get what this is about right away. <laughs> no questions asked. Ashley, what's your favorite trip that you've done with Natalie and Fat Girls Travel to? Cuba. <laughs> Cuba. Cuba. First, I just love the Cuban culture. Um, Natalie knows I'm working on my Spanish. So by the time we go back, you know, hopefully I'm fluent in the language. Um, but yeah, Cuba was my favorite. And more so than the country and the culture, it was the girls we've traveled with. I spent four days with these ladies. Um, They all came in as clients, but they left as friends. We traveled to Cuba in December, and I know I talked to all these ladies at least once a week. Wow. Natalie, what was your favorite trip with Ashley and Fat Girls Travel too? It is Cuba. Cuba was such a vibe. Like, literally... Oh, I just reminisce about it all the time. Like, seriously, it's just just some women that were just so positive and genuine. Like, we just had a really good time. You know, it's like every single person there. Like, we still talk. We still have a group chat. And Cuba, Cuba in itself is a vibe. Like, the music, the culture, the men. Oh, hallelujah. <laughs> I'm just telling you, it's just like, goodness that you look everybody needs eye candy in their life and cuba has it i feel like they didn't took all the fine men of all the dysphoras and all the colored skin tones and just dropped them on this one island and was like fine men stay here <laughs> and so i yes just salsa dancing and i speak spanish fluently like like our little translator and we just had a good time like cuba was was everything but you know what? I think more I think more than us enjoying each other, our guides enjoyed us. <laughs> Literally. They loved us. I swear, they wanted to marry us. Literally. They were like, look, can I marry you? And I got a brother for you. And I got an uncle and a cousin for you. And I'm like, look, hold on a minute. Like, I do immigration law, but I don't know if they're giving out all these K-1 visas right now. So everybody, everybody calm down. Like, seriously. Oh, my gosh. We, we really enjoyed it. <laughs> That sounds fun. I want to go. I've never been to Cuba. Okay. What's your best travel tip for fat people or fat girls? Oh, my best travel tip, and this is going to sound so cliche, get out of your own head and just go. Go make the memories because there's going to be a time when we're not going to be able to do it. So go. Don't worry about being fat. Just go, like, live your life. You know, being fat is something that's just a part of who we are. It's not all that you are. 
and don't con- let your being fat consume your life and hinder you from living. Natalie, what do you think? I think my travel tip for fat women would be carry your essentials. I think that takes away from the anxiety, like plan your trip out. So you carry your essentials. Like I have like five seatbelt extenders and I have the one that fits Southwest airlines and I have the one that fits American airlines and I keep them in the little black bag and I take them with me on my carry on. And I don't have a problem asking for a seatbelt extender, but it's just quicker. Like, let me just break out my own seatbelt extender. I don't really want to talk to anybody on this plane. I like to just sit and sleep really. So I pop in my own seatbelt extender and I'm like done right so carry your essentials carry your seatbelt extender carry the things that you need you know you people often have anxiety like what if I get there my bag doesn't appear and then I can't find any clothes in my size I always carry one outfit in my carry-on just in case I have my leggings because I can repurpose leggings like anywhere right a t-shirt I carry you know a panty I carry a bra because you know I'm not gonna find that if anything goes wrong and then also my panty and my bra like if I don't if I my bag doesn't come I got a swimsuit I'm, I'm, I'm still gonna have a good time right so I carry carry the little essentials in my carry-on. So plan and carry your essentials. And I think that is my my tip. I love that. Okay. If we could be on a trip together, the three of us right now, where would you want to be? Oh, I want to be in Bali. <laughs> I want to go to Bali. Let's go. That sounds great. We're in Bali on a beach. <laughs> No, you guys. I love Bali. (laughs) Bali is nice. I do love Bali, but no. I have been yearning, and I do mean yearning, to go to Giraffe Manor. I need to go. In Kenya? I need to. Yes. What's that? Okay, so it's like this manor where like, okay, you know how you can do the safaris, like the, um, the wild safaris, right? So they have like this manor where you can stay there and sleep there. And the giraffe, it's like a natural giraffe habitat where like the giraffes come up and like put their head in your window. (laughs) And I love giraffes. I just want to go to giraffe manor and do like a safari and like drink tea and take really cute pictures with the giraffe. And like, we would all love it, you guys. So let's go there. All right, I'm down. We can go to Bali and, and stop by giraffe manor on the way. That sounds good too. Two trips. I'm all about the two trips in one. Look. (laughs) Look. Yes. Where can our listeners follow you, support your work, and maybe come on a trip once they feel safe with COVID stuff? Whenever that is. Right. Whenever that is. Well, November when we go to Egypt and there's space for you guys. (laughs) Hopefully. Fingers crossed. <laughs> um, so you can find us if you want to look at our itineraries and our trips and just find out a little bit more about the company and some of the members of our team. You can go to our website, it's www.fatgirlstravel2.com and two is spelled out T O O. So fatgirlstravel2.com. We're also at fatgirlstravel2 on Instagram, and you can also join our fatgirlstravel2 travel squad. On Facebook, it's the same thing, Fat Girls Travel Too. And that's our show. Producing SAF in COVID times is made possible by our beloved patrons. Special thanks to Annalie Sullivan, Melody Fitzgerald, Carly Anderson, 
Caroline Sarah Dorn, Jamie Rabin, Emily Rose, Kelly Frisch, Jennifer Pippenberg, Mel Rochelle, and Natalie Turner. Thank y'all so much. This week's call to action is to center Black and Indigenous voices in your life. I've seen a lot of tweets reminding me that just because our timelines might not be as full of BLM protesting as they were a month ago, that doesn't mean the movement is over. Injustice and violence against Black people and communities is still happening, and we should be fighting against that every day. Our call to action is to find a small way to remind you of this every day. If you're in a big city, you can be supporting any other protests that are still happening. If you are in a big city but you can't go to protests, you can be doing things to support them. You can donate to mutual aid funds, to bail funds. We can't pick your friend group, but we can pick your new social follows for you. We're linking 10 activists, artists, and writers for you to follow in our show notes. Also, send us your fave BIPOC and fat and queer follows so we can share them with the family. And if that's you, DM us so we can hype you up. She's All Fat was created by me, Sophie Carter-Khan, and April Kekwio, who graduated. We are an independent production. If you'd like to support the work we do, you can join our Patreon by visiting patreon.com slash she's all fat pod. When you pledge to be a supporter, you'll get all sorts of goodies and extra content. Please make sure to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. It's super important in making sure people find the show so we can grow the family. Our ads are done in partnership with Acast. If you're interested in sponsoring the show, you can get started at acast.com or send us an email. Be sure to check out the show notes for links to the stuff we mentioned today. And don't forget to send us your questions via email or voice recording to fyi at she'sallfatpod.com. Our theme music was composed and produced by Carolyn Pennypacker-Riggs. Our website was designed by Jesse Fish. And our logo is by Hannah Sanger. Layla Oweda is our brand new editor. Lynn Barbera and Yelly Cruz produced this episode. Our thin crony forever is Maria Wortel. I am our host and co-producer. Our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter handles are at She's All Fat Pod. You can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Stay safe out there. Racism and fat phobia are not a faceless evil. In fact, we often celebrate those faces. Oops, hit a button. Oops, sorry, must be my chubby fat fingers. <laughs> I don't, you gotta tell me if you think this joke translates, Layla. Because. Honestly, yeah, it's fine, okay. <laughs>
That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns.